Welcome to Season 7 of the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Our ministry's simple goal is to help women read their Bibles. We want to be women who know and believe God's Word and share what God's Word is teaching us with others. This season, Go Tell It, we'll be focusing on that last part, sharing with others. We'll ask each guest how God has called her to share the good news of the gospel in her life. We'll hear from women in a variety of seasons, stages, and missions. We invite you to listen in and ask God how you can be sharing the good news too. Have you ever struggled with a particular Bible study tool or even more than one? If so, on our YouTube channel and our website, we feature at home in the word videos that go over the what, why, and how of each of our Bible study tools. You can visit DaytonWomenInTheWord.com slash videos to view them. All right. Well, thank you for joining the Dayton Women of the Word podcast. Um, I'm your host, Bethany, and we are in season seven of the podcast today. Um, So this season is all about sharing the gospel and what that looks like in um, whatever season of life that you're in. So today I have with me in the studio my friend Sandy. I'm so excited to talk to her today. So Sandy, why don't you um, tell our listeners a little bit of um, what your life looks like now? Yeah, so I am married to my husband, Caleb. We've been married almost six years. It'll be six years by the time this airs, so I can just say (laughs) six years. And um, we have lived in the Dayton area. We live in Xenia for the past, for our whole marriage, except for one year. We moved to Indiana for a year. But I am right now a social worker at Dayton Children's Hospital, and I also have co-founded a nonprofit in Xenia that helps women who are in need of emergency housing and are struggling with substance abuse. And then I adjunct at Cedarville and I fill my life with lots of different things. So it's a very busy season, but it's a a good season right now. That's awesome. Um, So why don't you tell us a little bit of what the gospel means in your own words? Yeah, so I feel like this has changed as I've gotten older. (laughs) So when I was younger and I mean, I think this is probably true for most Christians, but it has become deeper. And even just as I've become involved, so the nonprofit that I mentioned earlier is called Her Story. And so even since that has opened and we've had residents and clients come in and they live there Mm -hmm. for 30 days to three to four months, even just in that short period of time that we've been open, it has changed. Mm -hmm. I feel like it has become much more real. And that is probably the closest I've been since high school. I went to a public high school of being around non-Christians. Mm-hmm. So like even in my work environments, I tend to have coworkers who are Christians mm-hmm. or right now I work third shift, so I'm by myself unless I'm in the emergency department. <laughs> so and you just talk to yourself all night. I, I do, honestly. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> um, so it is probably the most real situation I've been around to share the gospel, and it is faith-based. Mm-hmm. So that makes it easy to do, but in the same sense, we still don't want to push anything on anybody, but love them intentionally and well. So I say all of that to say, like, in my um, relationships that I've been able to build with them, it really is about sharing that, like, God has forgiven 
all of our sins and like he has given his grace abounds for all of the sins that we have done and that I think there's a fear that I've noticed in women who have not been exposed to the gospel before that their sin is too much mm. or that it's more than what I have done. And so even sharing with them like, hey, I get that where you've been and I thank you for sharing that with me, but I want to let you know that I am not better than you. Mm. My sin is not better than or worse than yours, that it is just as bad and I'm just as in need of grace as much as you are. Mm-hmm. And trying to help them in some small way understand that mm-hmm. has been probably the biggest impact. So, like clinging to verses um, and helping like share that whenever the time is right, I think is really important to let them know that like that is ready for them when they are ready mm-hmm. to receive it, yeah. and just the peace that they will have in the arms of Jesus and forgiveness of their sins. Yeah, I love that you you know mentioned it kind of. Um, not like morphing, but developing on this kind of continuum since you've known the Lord, because I really resonate with that. You know, I, I also, you know, grew up in the church and it's so interesting how your pre kind of suppositions, um, things that you never necessarily were even directly taught influence the way that you perceive the gospel or even like God's character. And Mm. I know that growing up, I've, I've always been kind of like a rule follower and things are black mm-hmm. and white. Like, you know, you and I have talked to Enneagram a lot, so that really fits with my yes. one wing. <laughs> and just kind of realizing, th- you know, through deeper study of the word and mm-hmm. deeper, like, looking at, you know, how did Christ actually live his life? You know, things, there are certainly black and white issues mm-hmm. in scripture, but then there are so many things that are much more... Um, fluid Mm -hmm. and gray and you know when we're dealing with our broken world and broken people Mm -hmm. you know it's helpful to I think remember that yeah absolutely and I think even just as you're saying like I grew up in the church as well like growing up that's kind of all I knew and so being able to have the opportunity to Um, build into people's lives in an intentional way has been really valuable for me. But I also have realized even just over the past year, like my relationship with the Lord has grown exponentially by like being held accountable by the church that we're attending now. And I don't know that I've ever taken my relationship with Christ as like serious as like pursuing him in the past year as I do now. So what does that... um look like for you? How did you either come to know the Lord? Sometimes I struggle with that question because I don't have like a pinpoint Mm -hmm. story, but um, how would you describe, you know, coming to know the gospel for yourself? Yeah. I mean, just like how I've grown to like the gospel in my own words, it's very similar. Like I'm similar. So I was very young when I accepted Mm -hmm. Christ and like realized that I needed a savior and that I wanted to spend eternal life with him. I think when I was younger, it was like, I was also scared of going to hell. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, well, this is what you do. This is important. And I want to spend, like Jesus sounds like a pretty good dude. Like I'm pretty sure I got saved like numerous times. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Church camp's my favorite. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I worked at church camps all growing up too. I do love and have like a genuine heart for camps. It's wonder. It's a wonderful ministry, but all of that to say, um, it really became serious. My senior year of high school, I was struggling a lot with who I was, Mm. my relationships with my parents and how they viewed me and how I thought they viewed me. 
um, my relationships with my siblings. I'm the youngest of four, and they had all gone off to college and just um, different dynamics in the house and even just who I was spending time with was not healthy for me Mm -hmm. in relationships. And I felt the Lord for some reason or another calling me to go into missions before I went to college the following year. So I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it big. Because like, that's (laughs) how I do things. Like I'm so busy. Like that's just my life forever and always. Um, I blame my mom for that because she always told me as a kid growing up and she denies this but she says you can sleep when you're dead Mm -hmm. and I'm really having to retrain myself because that's not very healthy but (laughs) not sustainable (laughs) yeah not sustainable but that's the lie that I've been living for the last 28 years (laughs) that's fun but so doing things and like feeling that calling to do something and doing it in a very intentional but large sandy type of way I decided to start googling missions internships in Africa and I was approved to go to South Africa with 24 other adults like college age adults Mm -hmm. and for three months and my parents just said okay you're the youngest bye (laughs) (laughs) so you'll be fine (laughs) yeah so I left the week after I graduated high school and I came back the week before I went to college so that was my summer and that though was very foundational in knowing Jesus as like a personal savior Mm -hmm. and that um, we were out sharing the gospel and like we did HIV education and AIDS education Mm -hmm. and stuff in the hospitals. It's also found out where I wanted to be a social worker at was in that internship. But it was just so neat to see. That was the first time I think I had really been told like, you're going to share your faith to this group of people, to these kids, to these adults in a very relationship building way because we were there a longer period of time we were able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I was really thankful for that. Fast forward a couple years, I mean, I think it's been ups and downs of me taking my relationship with the Lord seriously Mm -hmm. and being apathetic towards my relationship Mm -hmm. with Christ and knowing that I'm saved. And I, um, even though that means that if I, if something happens, like I'll spend eternity with Jesus, that doesn't mean I don't have a responsibility to do things now mm-hmm. and to get to know him better. And that's what he wants. He wants us to love him and know him better and to obey his commandments and follow them and to strive to share that with other people and love other people well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what you just said about you know having those ups and downs you know in your faith. I'm currently studying Hebrews with some girls mm-hmm. at school. And we're in chapter 11, which, you know, is like the hall mm-hmm. of faith. And so the first the first few verses that we camped on um, in last night's like homework, I guess, talk about um, Abel, where it mentions Abel and how, mm-hmm. you know, he was known because of his sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, his like generous giving. And then um, Enoch, they mention how he was just like steadfast in the faith. And then um, who was the last person? Oh, Noah. I think they were mm-hmm. talking about his obedience and like the application question mm-hmm. was, which of the three do you feel, you know, you most either resonate with or whatever? And I was like, definitely the steadfastness of Enoch, because mm-hmm. I feel like steadfastness in my walk with the Lord, you know, it there's been times where it's like been like amazing or like mm-hmm. even in different contexts, like, you know, we we were talking about biblical integration at work um, yesterday because I mm-hmm. work for Cedarville too. And I was like, you know, getting on soapboxes and mm-hmm. like low key, you know, preaching, except not preaching because 
you know, I'm a girl, but, um, you know, hardcore. But then yeah. how also easy is it for me when I'm at, you know, my other workplace and it's just mm-hmm. as easy for me to fall into the cycles of, you know, gossiping or right. like complaining. And I'm like, ugh, steadfastness. Yeah. That that would be yeah, cool. Absolutely. <laughs> and I want to be known as somebody who's like consistent mm. no matter where I'm at. Like I'm the same person yeah. in different scenarios. And the fact is I'm not all the time, but that's like what I want to strive for and strive that people would know that I am like growing the Lord and I'm intentional in that. And when I go to work at Dayton Children's that I'm not going to give in, I will, but I will strive to not like give into the temptations that I have of complaining and just feeling burnt out. And so I take it out on my coworkers mm-hmm. in the emergency department or I snap at a parent or for whatever whatever situation that's in, like I want to try and be known as the same patient, kind, Mm -hmm. loving person that Jesus would want and calls us to be Mm -hmm. um, no matter what scenario I'm in. So we've talked about um, (laughs) how your life right now, your your big season is kind of divided into some smaller seasons. So how do you feel you've seen the Lord leading you to share the gospel in those different like sub-seasons of your life? Yeah, so because of the different areas that I work and am involved with, it is very different in each place. So in her story, it's different because we start providing assistance and um, housing at day one of detox Mm -hmm. and in day one of their recovery, which is really um, the hardest and like low place that women come to us Mm -hmm. in and they're not only hurting emotionally they're hurting physically their bodies are tired and sick and they have headaches and they also are very emotionally Mm -hmm. traumatized and they Mm -hmm. are coming with a lot of baggage and so in that in the um that area and it really i feel called to love them well by meeting their basic needs Mm -hmm. like jesus did with the good samaritan he bandaged up his wounds he paid for his medical bills and we're going to do those same mm-hmm. things, and we're going to meet those and show them that we don't just care about them knowing Jesus and accepting him. We really care about them as a whole person. Mm-hmm. And so as they are going throughout their recovery at Her Story, it is interesting to see kind of their development mm-hmm. of their own faith starting from a very little seed and seeing that. And they know from day one that mm-hmm. we love Jesus and we're faith-based and like we encourage them to go yeah. to church. But I think they come into that with a preconceived notion that we only care about that. And as they Mm. see and they start to build trust with us, that that's not the only thing that Mm. we care about. We care about them as a person and that we believe that God has called them to a life, a different life, Mm -hmm. and that they're worthy of love. And that love is only filled by Jesus Mm -hmm. and what he's done for us. And um, it's just really cool to see how the Holy Spirit works in us and like starts to work in them and in the house mm-hmm. to draw those women closer to him yeah. um at Dayton children's it's different and i'll i'll kind of talk about it with work with i think the patients that i see just because i have felt led more recently to s- speak truth into their lives mm-hmm. so at the hospital i'll see anything in crisis so those might be kids who are dealing with suicidal ideation or depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. um, coming in from foster care, any abuse, sexual or physical abuse or neglect, um, parents who have 
recently lost a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are kind of all the things that we respond to. And in the middle of the night, it seems like it's even more in crisis mm-hmm. because you should be sleeping if you're a normal functioning <laughs> <Yeah>. person. <laughs> so um, it has been interesting to see how the Lord has changed my heart over the past year of doing that job being able to have the freedom to speak truths into them. And while I can't come out and say, the person who's going to fill this void in your heart and in what you're desiring is Jesus, and he has died on the cross for your sins, and there is grace and peace in that, and you can relax in that peace Mm -hmm. that he's given you, I can say, you are here right now, and I'm so sorry that you're hurting, Mm -hmm. and I'm so sorry life hasn't gone the way you've wanted it to. But there are other options and there is a path for you that um, you are still finding out. You're a teenager, you're 10, whatever age it is. And just so you know, like there are options as you get older to find truth and to know that you are loved by someone so much that he died on a cross for you. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't come out and say, but mm-hmm. like, I want to so bad, right? Like that's, those are the things that I want to say to them when they're hurting and crying, and um, but letting them know that they are loved deeply by someone. And that, a lot of times, I feel like God uses me to show them that, even in that brief time that I'm with them in the hospital, mm-hmm. to help them feel valued and to feel worthy and to know that we really aren't worthy of love, but mm-hmm. like he loves us anyways, and he uses people around us to show us that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we're not just worthy on our own. Like, we don't deserve that, but yeah. And then, um, like, encouraging parents to speak that truth into them, too. Like, it's okay to tell your kids that mm-hmm. and to give them grace when they don't deserve it and to be patient <laughs> with them when they don't deserve it, right? Yeah. Um, and at Cedarville, it really is incredible encouraging the students so I teach group dynamics right now Mm -hmm. in the social work department and it is interesting knowing that I was there just a few short (laughs) years ago in like the same situation but helping them to strive to see that the world is much Mm -hmm. bigger than where they're at right Mm -hmm. now and also giving them grace because I was there years ago in the same situation not understanding any of what is going on in the world and the brokenness that is happening, but helping them know that you're gonna see it. And so give mm-hmm. yourself grace as you're learning mm-hmm. to know that you don't know all the answers, but also like go into the brokenness. Like mm-hmm. God is using you and can use you right now where you're at to start restoring the brokenness in this world mm-hmm. and to bring people to him. Yeah. So I think, um, some of the stuff you said is like such a great reminder you know i think a lot of times maybe it is because you know we're finite beings and like a lot of us are wired to like want the right way to do stuff or the Mm. best way to do stuff and so there's all this argument in different Christian circles about the whole you know do you address the physical needs first Mm. or the spiritual needs because obviously the end goal is the spiritual right, right and so you you also i think sometimes we're so limited in our focus we just see the one opportunity in front of us and so there can be this pressure that like we place on ourselves you know if we're not bringing a person to christ mm-hmm. you know we failed and i think you know there's so many it's not a 
which one is better? Why why does it have to be either or? Why can't it be both and? Right. And then also just that reminder of, you know, I think it's Paul that talks about like, you know, this person planted and this person mm-hmm. watered. And so, you know, while the one season of your life, you know, you're not as allowed, you know, at your workplace to share the gospel mm-hmm. that you know, hopefully that 10 year old, you know, in a couple years, mm-hmm. they'll remember that seed of like, somebody told me that I was valued. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, yes, we're all called to share the gospel, but how that shared is probably going to look different mm-hmm. at every situation. And we're just called to be obedient in mm-hmm. sharing that. And so instead of placing all this pressure on needing to know the Romans road verbatim, um, Every time you interact with somebody, right. you know, sometimes it's just like a kind word. And I think something that I share with my students, because I also, you know, work at Cedarville, which is such a blessing to be able to walk alongside people in a healthcare mm-hmm. field as they are believers and how mm-hmm. does that intersect, but just, you know, reminding them that, you know, you may wind up at an institution that's more faith-based and faith-friendly, and that's awesome, Mm -hmm. but you may not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the neat thing about spending more time in the Word, which is, you know, one of the whole premises of dating Mm -hmm. women in the Word, we want women to be in their Bibles, is that's going to come out. Mm -hmm. So while, you know, you have grown in your faith, your ability to articulate some of those, you know, doctrinal beliefs Mm -hmm. without you know, attaching a chapter and verse because you're not allowed to in your workplace, Mm -hmm. that comes out. You know, scripture talks about like out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Mm -hmm. So, you know, encouraging those in your circle and those in your influence that there are going to be ways to share the gospel when you aren't able to use the words that you would prefer to. Yeah. I mean, that is like resonates with me so much right now because it's so true. Like as I've like dove deeper into the word and really done my homework even when I don't want to in different studies and I've taken the time to put it in it's it's so true like I feel the spirit working in me more at my work and I do have more freedom Mm. than I did in my previous job Mm -hmm. to share my own thoughts and Mm -hmm. opinions um, which is freeing but I also think God just used that as a season and like knowing that I was going to have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to do this at the hospital now um, and be able to share that and I think it's freeing to take like we're not winning anybody over we're Mm -hmm. not like responsible I think for whether or not they're saved we're responsible for sharing the love of Jesus Mm -hmm. and sharing like what he did for us and how that's impacted our lives and doing that in a way, meeting them where they're at at that time in their life. I know we talked a little bit about barriers, you know, when they're tied to a particular workplace, Mm -hmm. but are there any other barriers that you feel like you've kind of had to deal with in your, in the different ways that you've been called to share the gospel? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest one is just hurt that people Mm -hmm. have experienced in the past and, through churches or people um, who have said that they are doing their ministry in the name of Jesus Mm -hmm. and have been really hurtful. And I see that mostly at her story with the women who have Mm -hmm. come through. And it makes me really angry, actually, knowing that people are hurting others and they're saying that they love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, though, because you're still trying to show them 
And one of the ways that I feel like I get past that is letting them know, like here in this house, you're not going to be treated that way. Mm-hmm. No matter like if we loved Jesus or not, just so you know, we're doing it because of that. But mm-hmm. we are never going to treat you that way. This is a safe place for you in that if you need time to heal from that, know that this is a safe place Mm -hmm. to start that. And, I mean, I also think it's hard, too, because there is a lot of manipulation and trauma that has come with women who enter and come through our doors to live Mm -hmm. with us. And I say us. I don't live there. Um, We do have people that live there but I don't I just go there (laughs) but um that when they walk through our doors they are carrying trauma even that stems back to childhood Mm -hmm. and so their development really has stopped when that trauma began Mm -hmm. so I'm not talking to a 33 year old woman who is homeless and Mm -hmm. has lost her kids to children's services and who has been struggling with substance abuse the past year I am talking to a woman who is 10 years old, who has been raped by family members over Mm. and over, not believed by her parents, no intervention was had, and she is coming into us with all of that. Mm -hmm. And she wants to believe in hope. She wants to believe that things will get better, but it hasn't over Mm -hmm. the last 30 years. Yeah, the evidence isn't there to support that. Right, right. Like, I wanna believe it, but. Yeah, and so it's hard to like show her that, like, you are, here now though and i think god has put you here now to start building that hope back up Mm -hmm. and to start building that hope not just back up in people because people will let you Mm -hmm. down over and over and Mm -hmm. over again but like god god will not like he will be there and to pick you up and to like show them to have eternal hope not just hope in things or in their kids or themselves yeah really so what encouragement do you have um, for our listeners who are maybe struggling with sharing the gospel in their own spheres mm-hmm. of influence? Well, I think something that you said earlier is probably the most helpful thing, and I didn't think about it before this, but honestly, like getting in and diving into the Word myself, has I feel like the Holy Spirit has used that to open doors mm-hmm. um, to share with others. And I think it starts to, like, I'm a big proponent of just getting to know people and living life mm-hmm. with them. And they'll know that you love Jesus by the way you act, no matter what situation you're mm-hmm. in with them. And they'll know that you are um, consistent and faithful to that. And I think that can be really powerful mm-hmm. to someone to see it whenever they haven't necessarily had those mm-hmm. types of relationships in the past. Um I also think it's important to like talk with others about your struggles and to talk with non-believers about your struggles mm-hmm. and to let them know you're not perfect just because you're saved. Like you're very imperfect and sharing yeah. your sin and that comes though through like relationships, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not going to go up to a stranger on the street <laughs> and say you just could. So you know, <laughs> I struggle with all of these things. But Like, as you're getting to know them, letting them know that I'm very imperfect still Mm -hmm. and God is still refining me and showing me my sin and the lies that I believe that are affecting my relationship Mm -hmm. with him and getting in the the way of a deeper relationship Mm -hmm. with him. Um, And we love having people just over for dinner. I mean, like, we have, 
like if you're struggling to know like what area of life this is like invite your coworkers over for a dinner party or like in a very non-comfort like invite a couple of them that way Mm -hmm. it's not awkward and (laughs) like just the two of you or like the four of you or whoever it is like invite multiple people over and like have them into your space Mm -hmm. and invite them into your life in ways that are maybe foreign to them. Isn't it crazy how like the enemy can just whisper even those small little lies that like keep you from doing stuff. Like I was, you know, I bought this house last summer and I was all like, you know, I'm all about like community or church, Mm -hmm. you know, Sandy and I go to the same church, you know, very, very much about being in the city and for the city. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have, I've barely like met my neighbors. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, towards the end, it it was starting to get cold by this point. So I'm gonna, you know, work towards this, but I got Mm -hmm. really convicted, like, you know, I. I wanted to be all about like mm-hmm. coming into this neighborhood and I haven't really made any headway. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to start like sitting out on my porch at night and like reading, mm-hmm. like just being out there, like yeah. one small step of obedience. Yeah. Sometimes... Letting them see that like yeah. somebody actually lives here. Right. <laughs> like we're not just passing in the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, and it's really cool because we have, we do know like our neighbors to one side of us, but the house next to us has been abandoned for mm-hmm. literally eight years and people just moved in. So now All it's right. interesting to see yeah. like, okay, and we don't live in Dayton, um, like I said earlier, but it's still like, no matter where you're at, no matter right. what city you're in, yeah. like be for that neighborhood, for that city, mm-hmm. for that subdivision. And I'll also say, just as like an add-in, I think that being in those spaces you're going to see the hurt that they have too Mm -hmm. and how you respond to their brokenness i think is really important and whether that's brokenness of poverty of abuse of neglect of domestic violence of Mm -hmm. whatever it is you i I would just encourage you all like as you're building those relationships you will see that brokenness just like they'll see in us and as we're vulnerable with them to share our brokenness Mm -hmm. i hope and i pray that they will learn to be vulnerable and just know and respond mm-hmm. in a gracious way and in a way that listens and um, lets them know that they're heard. Mm-hmm. Um, as our time kind of winds down, um, what kind of last thoughts would you like to share with our listeners or, you know, where do you, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, what scripture says about mm-hmm. the gospel and loving on people, but um, are there any specific passages that you wanted to highlight before we kind of close out? Yeah. So I, well, I think for like, as you're sharing, and I didn't mention this earlier, but as we're like leading women to the gospel at her story, we really encourage them to read and they do daily devotions. Mm-hmm. And some of them don't like it, but, like, that's what we do. Um, But to read the Psalms in alignment with the Gospels because Mm -hmm. you're seeing the brokenness and the hurt and despair in the Psalms and the hope that Jesus has brought Mm -hmm. to, like, give us freedom from our sins and forgiveness for our sins. But I think a couple of passages that I just really have – been diving into recently i'm studying first john so i have obviously loved that (laughs) but i really like first john 5 and just the way that it talks about the gospel and how like he has come to give us eternal life and that that's through his son Mm -hmm. and it's just like so clearly laid out Mm -hmm. 
in that. And I think First Peter 5 has been one that's also really encouraging that. Um, to be sober-minded and that he cares for us. And, like, when we cast our anxieties upon us, it's not upon him. It's not because that's just what we do. Mm -hmm. But it's because he really wants to know what we're anxious about. He really wants to know what we're struggling with and, like, saying it out loud Mm -hmm. and giving that over to him. I'm a big proponent of saying it out loud because I get anxious and I'll, like, just say it in my Mm -hmm. head over and over again and believe that and start to believe it. But if I say it out loud, even though God knows I'm struggling with it, I feel like I'm giving it over to him more. Um, And then just Romans 5, I mean, just the peace that we have in Christ. There's a 5 theme. Yeah, yeah, I just love 5s. First John 5, First Peter 5, and Romans 5. Listen, you guys, I even wrote them down. You don't see this, but I did. It's because I don't want to forget them, but... Honestly, they just, all the fives, just look them up. And they're just very reassuring and comforting to know as we're sharing the gospel. Like, it's okay to share um, in the sufferings that we have Mm -hmm. in that Christ gives us peace in that and freedom in that and salvation. And I'm super grateful and thankful for all of that. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Sandy. It was so fun to talk. (laughs) All right. Not sure where to start studying the Bible? We have reading plans on our website ranging from five weeks to 23 weeks, in addition to all the materials for our past summer studies. Visit DaytonWomenInTheWord.com slash reading plans.